Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. And welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you for all your help. Well, I am glad to be here. I know that you um, coach for a living and you have helped a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to, that I could help with this, um, reaching out mm-hmm. some of the things that are important to uh, grow organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess with that said, why do you coach? That is a great question. Why do we do this? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I and and I love the fact that you asked that, but you know, people ask me, why do you coach? And the, what I get out of it is, you know, obviously make a career of it and make a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I really get excited about and what I get geeked up about is the difference it makes in people's lives. To see them transform from being shy or reserved, or I've even talked to people who, in a coaching session, cried and, you know, were almost broken. And then you give them the confidence and the skills and the, and the abilities to transform their team. And then a year later, you see them setting up straight, confident, self-assured. They're just in control of their life. And you go, you helped make a part of that happen. I mean, they had to do a lot of work, but you helped guide them to that. And that's why I do this. That's very rewarding. It's incredible. So hopefully these series of podcasts, people can take little nuggets of information to help with their own coaching, help other people and and develop their own. Absolutely. So so what's on the agenda for this episode? What we're going to talk about today are the seven keys of a masterful coach, and I've got uh, basically the ideas from this from a book called Masterful Coaching by Robert Hargrove. I highly recommend it. It's an excellent, excellent book, and uh, he's just got some outstanding ideas on the seven master uh, keys to being a master coach. Master coach. A master right. coach. So you have the the. He, so in his book, he outlines seven. Seven keys. Keys, and mm-hmm. then it kind of goes into the details of each one, and we'll right. hit the we'll hit the uh, overview of them, I guess. You right. Probably, you, I mean, this is a good good book. You recommend a book? I highly recommend it. It's excellent for folks who want to coach their team and improve their skill sets. This is a really great tool. Okay. Well, the, here comes the countdown, folks. We'll do it. Let's do it. Number one, a master coach stands totally committed to the person they're being that's being coached. And what he means by this, and I think it's so important for coaches is that you're going to help this person even if they fall. And it's like children. Uh, I don't know if you know the statistics on this, but children fall 1,500 times before they learn how to walk. Really? Okay. So, But as a parent, you never sit there and go, come on, this is 1,300 times. You should, you should have this by now. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't do that. And you, you never say, oh, I guess they can't do it. Right. It's been 1,300 times. Right. I mean, you always have this vision in your mind that this child is going to walk. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife and I have been lucky enough to have four children, and the first three, you know, born normally, I guess if you want to use that term, uh, and they all walked, you know, early on, you know, within, I guess, 12 to eight, 15 months, mm-hmm. whatever time frame. Um, but we had, you know, JP that had Down syndrome mm-hmm. and still does, mm-hmm. and he's 22 years old now, but it took him a long time to learn to walk. But even though it took us much longer to get JP to coach, we never gave up on the, the vision that he will someday right. walk. One of the biggest concepts we talked about last on the last podcast was caring. You, you have to right. care, and that's kind of what he's getting at on this one. You think? Absolutely. And the other side of the coin is too. I think this is there's a there's a great tipping point that managers ask me about, and that tipping point is, you know, when do you give up on somebody? And you know, and I really believe that the tipping point is when you think you can no longer coach them to the conclusion you want them to get at. That 
you know, it's the hill willer skill concept. Mm-hmm. And are they willing to do that? Do they have the skill to do that? Or really your, your situations, the hill is, are there any obstacles in the way that you need to remove? But the hill will and skill. And do they have the willingness and the skills to develop to the point that you want them to in this job? Can they do the job that you're asking them to do? And when you get to the point where you really look yourself in the mirror and say, I've done everything I can to get this person to that point, then give up on them. Then say, you know what, this is probably not for you. And then you start having the conversations about what are some opportunities that are out there that, that you could do. And if you take it that far, I guess maybe I'm kind of leading with my opinion on this, mm-hmm. but if you take it that far, I wouldn't consider that necessarily a failure in coaching either. Right. Finding someone what they're good at, what they would like to do, and where they can be developed is a pretty successful thing. For mm-hmm. example, if someone's in a sales job, it's just not their fit, maybe you can guide them to another thing that increase the potential of their life. Have you seen that before? Or? Absolutely. And, and, and that's the key. I mean, um, you know, when people, we, we talk today about how often people change careers or how often people change jobs. They mm-hmm. do it more often. But I just think there's this sense of fulfillment that we want from a job. And that part of that is see, seeking out those opportunities that fit us well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't start the speaking and, and coaching business until I was 35 years old. I ran two credit unions, uh, you know, very successfully. They were, were they did well. They're still operating today, mm-hmm. you know, 25 years after I've been out of there. But uh, so, you know, I didn't mess it up. Right. But, you know, I was 35 years old before I made this this transformation. But all of that experience helped me get to the point where this career is where I wanted to go. And then then it was really, it was like, you know, it was like a rocket took off. It's mm-hmm. like, this is where I need to be. This is what I love doing. Great example. Right. Great example. Okay, the countdown continues. Absolutely. On number two. A master coach stand in, stands in people's greatness, even when they fall or fail. And uh, what, what, you're, what you're looking at here from a coaching standpoint is, is really like we, what we call this podcast, Coaching for Potential. Mm-hmm. You're always looking at their potential. Uh, you're you know, always considering them the diamond in the rough. Uh, there's a great story about when Michelangelo uh, you know, chiseled David. And David was chiseled out of a piece of marble that was rejected by almost all really? the other great artists of the time. But he took this piece of marble and said, you know what, I think I can make something extraordinary out of it. And, and actually, the, the, the marble was not only discarded, but another uh, artist had actually drilled a hole right through the middle of it. And David had to work, a, uh, excuse me, Michelangelo had to work around that in order to create David. And you can still see some of the rough spots there because he couldn't, yeah. He, you know, he, it was just there. So if you knew where to look, you would see the hole. So here is, is an artist that, would, that took a piece of marble that was discarded by a lot of people. And I think that's a great coach is somebody who takes someone who in another department didn't flourish, goes to your department, and because of your skill sets and your beliefs and your ability to coach them, you can transform them to being a really great employee. And a good coach, and maybe this is what he's saying, is they can see how great that person is in, the, in their potential more than that person can ever think. And I've got story after story after story of that where we're with a CEO right now, and I said, how'd you get to the point where she's CEO? And she goes, I never really thought about that. But the old CEO was looking for a successor, and he picked me and said, you can do this. And she goes, no, not me. Mm-hmm. And he continued to work with her, progress her, and then today, guess what? She's the CEO and, and incredibly successful at it. So that's a great example of, you know, he saw the potential in her, even though she didn't even see herself as that. And I just think that's another great example of, of how effective coaching can be to transform people. Great. All right. Next one. 
Um, this count, I feel like Casey Kasem with the countdown. <laughs> hope that's okay. It is. It's absolutely okay. <laughs> and number three, a master coach comes from getting people to work backwards from a vision versus from the past. So, and I think that's a great question with all of us is, you know, it's so mundane when organizations ask the question, you know, where do you want to be in five years? But they don't teach people the skill sets to be a coach in order to really expand upon that concept or that idea. And, and that's a really extraordinary idea. Where do you want to be in five years? What's your goal? And if the employee says, I want to be in your job, you say, great, I want to, I want to be promoted too. So if I have somebody who's ready, boom. And I've seen that happen in organizations where they selected a manager who, who they asked them, hey, do you have somebody who's ready to take your job? Yeah, I've been working with somebody for 18 months. They're ready to go. And he would say, you know, guess what? You get the promotion because it's so much easier for us to make the transition in the organization because you already got somebody who's ready rather than a manager who didn't share all of the information because they had that, you know, they've got that secret nugget of information mm-hmm. they don't share. You know, teach people everything you know. But there was another a great comment I heard uh, this last week when I was coaching a, a group of managers, and uh, a, a CEO said, "You know, if you teach everything, if you teach somebody everything you know, you may in fact be holding them back." And I thought that was a great concept because what she's talking about is the ability to coach is not teaching them everything that you know, but having them, them learn it. Learn it and ask the questions and help them progress and to get the point where you know, you're know you asking questions so that you create a sense of awareness and responsibility so they grow as individuals. Mm-hmm. And that I thought that was a great—I uh, had never heard that quote before. I had never heard that concept before. But uh, you, know, you may, in fact, be holding people back if you teach them everything you know. You've got to ask questions to help them learn to reach their full potential, not your potential. Well, this concept only makes sense in everything else. If you're going to go right. on vacation, you determine where you're going, right. and then you figure out how to get there. Bingo. And that's exactly what this concept is about. But a lot of times we dwell so much on the, our weaknesses or our past mm-hmm. as, a, as a barrier to moving forward. Right, and just and just our, our typical communication style. Our typical communication style is not a questioning style. It is an employee comes to you with a problem, and you answer it and give them the answer. Whereas in the coaching model, if you have time and it's appropriate, you ask them the questions. What would you do in this situation? How would you look at it? What would you change or do differently? So that they become aware and responsible, not just mimicking everything that you say. Because if you just mimic everything that, that – if they just mimic everything that you say, you were the one who made the decision. Exactly. They didn't. Exactly. And you want to create empowerment comes from them making the decision of how to be more effective. Excellent. All right, number four. Okay. Um, A master coach speaks from his or her stand versus reaction. They never belittle a person. And uh, and your reaction should never be a reaction. It should be almost be a reflection back to that person. So they become aware of where they're at. So they become aware of what's around them, become aware of what they can do. Um, so you just really want to reflect back to them. And even when they're even when they're not completely understanding what they're supposed to be doing, I'll give you an example of this. I was coaching a team, and, and uh, one of the VPs said, I really like people who don't have to be coached. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, don't we all? Yeah, they're called robots. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, don't we all? We well, would, even robots, you got to tell them what to do. Yeah, you got to program yeah. them too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, don't we all? But what he's really saying is, I'm not really crazy about this coaching concept. I'm not really crazy about what it's going to require of me. Um, you know, I've been in the business for 35 years. I've been fine. I've been successful. And now they've got a CEO that's pushing them to go above and beyond that. 
and he was having some resistance. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so my, my challenge back to him is you've always got, I think, an important key, too, is coach with a caring heart. And so, I mean, I, I certainly could have said something, you know, smart alecish and embarrassed him and made the group laugh mm-hmm. and, and belittled him. But, you know, I chose not to do that. I basically asked the question, what does that look like? How do you get there? And then when he started talking his way through it, he realized, oops, there's, no, no, I'm in a right. box that I put myself in. I can't get out of it. Right. And, you know, he, he says, I, you know, his ultimate response was, I need to really rethink this coaching thing, which was a reaffirmation for everybody in the room that says, yes, yeah. you do. And, and I would imagine that's what you want them to do throughout the th- your process. sessions anyway. Right. We want them to become self-aware and responsible. And through, you know, it was a moment of self-awareness for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he publicly spoke up. Uh, he meant it. And and uh, and away we went. So, so we, we've gone through four. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with the next three more of the seven keys to master coaching on Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. We'll be right back. Rory on It's Your Choice. So one day, about three weeks later, we had a crisis occur in the house, and the crisis is this. The bathtub filled up. We've got one kid clean, three to go, and it will not drain. Now, our daughter had taken a bath. Our boys weren't clean yet. we got to go to a wedding tomorrow. So I, I said, why not just have the boys take a bath in their sister's bath water? <laughs> My sons were not excited about that. I went to them, hey, boys, what do you think? They go, yeah! So then I go downstairs to unclog the drain. I can see the pipe coming down from the bathtub over here, going over here, and there's a big pipe over here. I know this one works. I don't know anything about plumbing as well as know about anything about making decks, right? I know nothing about any of those things. So it is a plastic pipe. I have no idea what possessed me, but I, oh, I just reach up and I start to unscrew the pipe. My yell, wife yells from upstairs. She goes, it's draining. I mean, it's spraying out. I'm getting drenched. I'm wet. I'm soaked. I'm mad. I'm angry. I yell upstairs, hey, Teddy, give me some towels. What do you need towels for? I'm all wet. How'd you get wet? I unscrewed the pipe. That was stupid. <laughs> He's been listening to How to Build High Self Esteem for three weeks. I think, oh, yeah, get upstairs. He gets this big smile on his face. He's going to use some of the information he's learned. And they love this moment, don't they? They love this. He moment. goes, Dad? You can be wet and happy. <laughs> you can be wet and sad. It's your choice. <laughs> for more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. And welcome back to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. We are talking about the seven keys of master, is it masterful coaching? Masterful right? coaching. Robert Hargrove's book. Yes. And you've gone through one through four. Mm-hmm. Good concepts. Mm-hmm. But there's even more concepts that we get to talk about. There's seven, and we've only gone through four. Wow. We've we got number five here, just waiting. And <laughs> awesome. I, know you're, I know you're excited. I can't wait. Hit us with number five. <laughs> A master coach focuses on what's missing the solution and not what's wrong the problem. And so often when we coach employees, we call them into our office because something went wrong. Uh, you know, the ATM's out of balance or, you know, the payroll, uh, you know, Joe Smith's 
paycheck was messed up. What happened? Your sales numbers weren't hit, or whatever it is. Whatever, yeah. And and so we bring into that rather than coaching for the solution, we want the sales number to be hit, or we want the payroll to be correct. And so focus on the solution, how to fix that, rather than focus on the problem. What did you do wrong? And that's what a masterful coach does. They they're always focused on that vision of how can we fix this? How can we uh, get? How can we accomplish the goal? Um, like my dad, God bless his soul, every time my mom wrecked the car, he got incredibly angry. <laughs> and how does that help solve right. the problem? You know, uh, and, and so as a, as a coach, so often we get angry when we see a problem rather than saying, okay, how do we help this person get to the potential of fixing it and being solution-focused? Well, and then if you're focused on the problem, you don't really need to because usually the the person knows what happened. They know what the problem is. Oh yeah, they know. They what the know problem. what they did wrong, or right. if they did anything wrong. Right. They may not be aware they they did it wrong, and number mm-hmm. two, they may not be aware of the correct way to do this. Right. And they may have been thrown into a job. I mean, how many people get thrown into a job? No training. Most people. Yeah. Yeah. You'd flip on the switch. You say you got to do this, and oh by the way, we need these thirteen things done by Friday, and they have no idea how to do the job. And then they produce eight of them, and guess what? There's all kinds of mistakes because mm-hmm. they don't understand the complexity of how this all fits together. Right. And we haven't then taken them through I, that. I would say most people, eighty-five percent. I'm get, I would. Most people do that because, and they think that they were trained, but they weren't trained either. That's right. that's a whole another topic. But yeah. right, yeah, and, or. Or they felt like, oh, this is easy, I can do it. And yes. then when they realize, when they get into the midst of it, ooh, this is a lot more complicated than it is. Mm-hmm. It's like watching an NFL quarterback right out of college. College football is much different than the NFL. Number one, the NFL, they're all world-class athletes. Right. On a college stage, you might have a few players that are world-class athletes, but, but you get to the pro level, every player is a world-class mm-hmm. athlete. They've got world-class speed. They're a lot faster than the guys that you saw in college. And the transformation it takes, takes time. And you've yeah. got to work with that person. But great coaches don't become discouraged because that person doesn't make the transformation instantaneously. They say, no, it's going to take some time to work with them. But when they get it, it's a, it can be remarkable. So uh, a, a great book on this one I recommend is The Solution-Focused and uh, Coaching, Managing People in a Complex World. And it's by Anthony Grant and Jane Green. And it's it's a, a great book focused on just really this master point, completely the solution Very focus. Good. And it's, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. Very good. Okay, number six. Number six. A master of coach is committed to honest feedback needed for growth and learning. And, and this is a challenge because guess what? Sometimes we <laughs> just don't want to have those... Uh, what appears to be a difficult conversation, mm-hmm. or to have them become aware of a shortcoming they may have. Um, I look at I look at feedback completely differently now than I did many many years ago. I I actually encourage feedback from my clients. How's our coaching sessions going? As a CEO, you've hired me to coach. What are you hearing from your team? Anything you need me to do differently? I I encourage it, but most people don't do that kind of fe- you know, searching for feedback. And I think that's a huge mistake of many individuals when they're in an organization is not searching for feedback. How am I doing? Because they'll they'll search for a raise, but they won't search for feedback on how to how to do the job they more effectively. Seek it out themselves. Bingo. And they right. wait for people to do it, and then when they hear it, it's like it's not pretty. But you know. Look at a job. You look need to look at a job as a consultant rather than looking at the job as an employee. An, an employee somewhat feels entitled. A consultant realizes they can be fired at any, any mm-hmm. moment, and so can an employee. But look at the job as a consultant. As a consultant, you're basically saying, you know, I don't care what color you want the wall to be. If you want it to be pink, I'll paint it pink. If you want it beige, I'll paint it beige. If you want it blue, I'll paint it blue. 
just tell me what you want me to do. How right. do you want me to change so I can meet the, the goals and requirements that you have? And once you understand it as an employee, you can be much more effective. And, and also, as you understand that, you know, what's wrong with, with asking people you're coaching, how's our coaching sessions going? Are there any things that you would give me feedback on? And guess what? They're going to give you some suggestions where you'll improve. Well, and the feedback is one of the hot buttons I, that I have found in my career is – I think if you follow number one and you're committed, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for people to seek out that feedback and give that tough conversation because right. you're only doing it to improve them, not to scold, humiliate, or badger them. Right. You're doing it in a good way anyway, whether it's constructive or positive feedback. Right. And one of the tips I got from my book when I interviewed, I interviewed about 200 people from my book, My Best Boss Ever. And uh, I asked them, you know, great tips. And one of the great tips that I got from, I asked them, who's your best boss and why? And they told me great stories about managers who, who coached them, helped them transform and pushed them beyond the limits they had. Believed, b- the power of belief. They pushed them beyond what they believed they could do. And in one of the quotes in there was uh, a CEO or COO was talking to his employee and said, you know, my, jo- my goal is to be developmental, not critical. And if I pass that line, Please let me know. And I think that's one of the best tips I've ever Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. Because when you go to it an really employee, it, when you go to an employee and say, "Hey, uh, my goal is to be developmental, not critical," and if I cross that line, please let me know. I don't think anybody would be upset by that. Okay, number seven. You ready for the number seven? We are ready oh, for sh- it. I don't. I, I won't do the drum roll sound. We'll just <laughs> go for it. <laughs> a, a masterful coach comes from the view that anything is possible. Every situation is transformable. There's always a path forward. And the actions are up to you. And so a masterful coach, you know, says there's always a positive outcome to this. We can come to a solution that's best for us or you or whatever. And it may be, you know, you're working somewhere else. You know, it may be uh, that we help promote you. It may be that we hold you here. But that in that process, you're always going to improve. And I think that's the key. I'm working with an organization right now, and they've got a number of employees who, who do not want a promotion the rest of their career. Mm. They've got a job title. They want to stay in that job title. And so the management team asked me, what's my view of that? And my, my view of this is basically number seven is they can stay in that role, okay, but they have to transform while they're doing it. Right. What, how are they going to help new people in the organization learn their skill sets? How are they going to help coach people so that, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to have a title to be a coach. Right. You can coach anyone. Simply, it's it is a language approach rather than just a title. And so anybody could be a coach uh, in the organization. But you got to come from a caring heart, and you got to help people grow and transform. And that's ultimately the goal. Excellent, excellent. The seven keys of masterful coaching. Um, what's the author is Robert. Hargrove, Hargrove. that's mm-hmm. kind of the stuff, and you've you've uh, read that book, applied some of the stuff, and um, thanks for... Uh, and it, it, it is a massive book on coaching, and he's he just got... This is just one section I, I stole for uh, some of it, but I just highly recommend this book. If you want to be a more effective coach, this is a great tool to do that. Excellent. Well, thank you again, everybody, for joining us for Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. How can people get a hold of you, Rory? They can get on my website, RoryRowland.com, and uh, that's got my contact information on there, and I'll be happy to help in any way I can. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time. Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.